Howdy, y'all, and welcome to The Daily Grind with your host, John Spencer. Grab a mug of your favorite brew and join me and my sister, Carla, and then get ready to brew your brain, sharpen your wit, and enrich your faith. We'll give you the rundown on today's date, share some interesting historical facts, and then toss out a few random musings just to get your brain gears turning. Plus, I'll offer up some thoughts to ponder on your walk with Jesus. So let's get this show on the road. Hey, good morning, Carla. Tuesday, December 19th. You got your cup of joe ready to go. Cup of joe and an extra cup of water here because trying to keep yeah. breathing. It's so important in these winter times where you're inside and heat's on. It is so easy to dehydrate. Yeah. So you got to drink water. You got to hydrate so you don't dehydrate. Exactly. <laughs> Truer words are never spoken. <laughs> Oh, my God. So, I know, that was Clint, our new youth pastor at our church. That was his thing to the kids. We were going to the altitudes. Hydrate so you don't hydrate. Pour to drink water. On this date, December 19th, in 1732, Benjamin Franklin published the first edition of Poor Richard's Almanac. Oh, wow. How fun talk is about, that? Talk about a great Christmas gift at the last minute. Huh. I don't know what I'm going to get that guy. Wait, that's out today? Oh, okay. I'll get you one of those. I wish somebody would give me a first edition of Poor Richard's. I I would treasure it for real. I I would sell it in my house. (laughs) So, um, and I pay off student loans and buy a car too. So, in seventeen seventy six, on this day, Thomas Paine published one of a series of pamphlets in the Pennsylvania Journal entitled "The American Crisis." I was waiting for more. No, that's it. Okay. it. But I was just going, wow, 1776, somebody was trying to say, we need to make America great again. Oh. <laughs> so we got to say, wow. We're, and we're on that vein of just political things. On this date, in 1998, President Bill Clinton was impeached by the United States House of Representatives, becoming only the second president of the United States to be impeached. Whoa. I remember do you that. Know who, do, do you know who the first president to be impeached was i believe it was andrew johnson andrew johnson yes yes <laughs> okay. you are so correct in 1868 so i don't think that he was doing shenanigans with an intern though totally different impeachment ordeal All right and um, and on this date in 1917 the first national hockey league games took place oh wow yep there were two games the Montreal Canadiens played the Ottawa Senators and beat them seven to four. And the Montreal beat the Toronto Arenas <laughs> ten to nine. Whoa, close one. I know. Do you think they nine. do you think they played outdoors? Yes, I think it was an outdoor game on ice, frigid. Oh my gosh. Oh, those were tough people. Those were tough people. So December nineteenth is Holly Day. Oh, I love it. It's look for an evergreen day. Uh, okay. It's National Hard Candy Day. <laughs> That's good, too. And it's, and it's National Oatmeal Muffin Day. Oh. You know, I love oatmeal and muffins, but oatmeal muffin is not really a thing for me. But I'm willing to no. give it a try. Okay. So I have actually, I will say one time I made, because Marcy is a big treat. She likes it. If I will make oatmeal, not in the little packet that you microwave, but actually make it on oh, the stove. Right. 
cook it up and then put in a little maple, a little brown sugar, some raisins, some chopped pecans, uh-huh. that kind of stuff. Yep. It's really good. But one time I had made too much oatmeal, but I didn't want to throw it away. I don't know what to do with it. And actually, I used some leftover oatmeal to make some muffins with other stuff. And it turned out pretty good. I bet it's good. And I threw some granola in there, which is something I've done with my oatmeal, making oatmeal cookies because it gives them a little crunch. Ooh, okay. Yeah. So there you go. I'm getting so hungry. (laughs) (laughs) Now it's that time on the daily ground to think about how hungry you are and sharpen your wit. Okay. When you think about it, people born the day before and the day after the cutoff point for starting kindergarten probably lead completely different lives. Don't you know? Different path. (laughs) Calamity Jane. Her real name was Martha Jane Canary. No kidding. Yeah. How did I not know that? Okay. Con man Count Victor Lustig almost sold the Eiffel Tower twice. Whoa, he was a good con man. Go big or go home. Whoa. Just saying, yeah. I think if I were to own a fast food restaurant, I would have an extra button for the teller to push. So if the person said please or was really kind, the cooks in the back would know to add extra fries or something nice to reward that behavior. Right. We want more of that. More of that. Do you know that, strangely, nearly all superpowers, I mean, whether it's mutant or alien or radiation or falling out of vat of chemicals, whatever, they all come with incredible sewing and costume-making skills. Right. (laughs) Which is certainly handy. <laughs> Which is certainly you've never sewn something. I'm just saying. The third hand on the clock is called the second hand. Which is you've got the hour hand, the minute hand, the second hand. The second hand is, is the, the third hand. Third hand. Got it. Oh. English. I don't know how anybody mm. learns this language. <laughs> right. <laughs> I got my wedding pictures back so fast. Carla, do you know what that is? No. That's something never said by anyone. Oh, okay. <laughs> no one has right. ever said those words. Wow. <laughs> oh, I didn't know where we were going there. I think I think whenever I can't find something that I have put down somewhere, it is past me successfully outsmarting present me. And if present me continues to look for the item, then present me is forced into playing past me sick, twisted game. Oh, right. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, past me causes me all kinds of problems. There's a type of food fraud where honey is cut with cheaper sugars and syrups, and then it's sold as pure honey, and it is known as honey laundering. Oh, that's shameful. It is. That's clever, though. In the United States, Maine, the great state of Maine is the closest U.S. state to Africa. Oh, what? Maine? What? Africa. Maine. Okay. I know. It seems like that would not be the case because it's way up there and Africa's way down here. And if you would ask me, I probably would have said Florida. Yes. It must be no. really, really east. It is way east. We could, we could way east. There you go. And now it's that time on the Daily Grind to enrich your faith. I recently read a quote from Tish Warren that says, Advent reminds us we live in liminal time, in the already and the not yet. 
Christ has come and he will come again. We dwell in the meantime. We wait. You know, in 2015, during Marcy's 12-hour surgery for facial reanimation, I was in a waiting room for quite some time. And I wrote this, waiting room lessons. I've been in a waiting area, waiting for Marcy to come out of surgery, but I've not been frustrated, stressed, or impatient. Being in the present moment, completely in the present moment, is so difficult. Today's Western world does not do well with waiting. In our modern conveniences of smartphones and refrigerators and microwaves, automobiles and emails and Netflix and Amazon Prime, where speed and efficiency mean everything, waiting in checkout lines makes us go crazy. We don't wait well. God has built waiting into the very nature of things. And my loving father did this because it is good for me. Because he wants to bless me. He wants me to know him. When I am not living in the past or the future, I'm able to experience true freedom. Because in the present moment, I have nothing to prove. Nothing to hide. Nothing to lose. I'm free. I'm free to be. Be who I am in Christ. Time really is a master to those who dwell in the past or the future, and they're in its bondage. But time has no power or control over me if I am completely in the present moment. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Jesus wants us to live, dwell, remain in him. He tells me this because I am prone to wander, wander into the past with guilt and shame, regrets, or wander into the future with worries and anxieties or unrealistic ideas of what will make me content, happy. You fill in the blank. But to remain in him, I'm prone to wander, and he wants me to remain. I must remain where Jesus is to be found, and that's in this very moment. So what happens when I choose to be in the present moment? I think my feelings are calm. I think my mind is clear. My heart is free, and I am fully alive. But back to Advent. I think Advent is about waiting. God's people have always had to wait. When we come to the Bible, we find so many of God's good blessings come on the heels of waiting. Frequently, you will just see that blessing and waiting, man, they are tied together in Scripture. You think about Abraham and Sarah. God has promised Abraham that his wife will bear him a son and that he would be the father of many nations. And they did not have a son until Abraham was over a hundred and Sarah was over 90. And what of the people of God in Egypt? They were slaves for centuries before God raised up a deliverer. And even once they were delivered, they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years before entering the promised land. And then just imagine that deafening silence 
that set in at the end of the book of Malachi after an excruciating roller coaster ride through that whole Old Testament story. It's over 400 years before we finally hear the amazing words in Luke 3 2. The word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. I mean, no prophet had spoken to the people for nearly five centuries when Jesus finally arrived on the scene. Waiting was built into blessing because it gave people time to prepare, time to grow and trust, and time for their hearts to be emptied of other things to make room for the coming gift. God is not a giant Santa Claus just giving gifts to people the moment they asked for them or wanted them. If the people of God were to truly grasp some of the bigness of what God was doing in their day, waiting was his way. Advent is about waiting. In some ways, I'm really fortunate that I had exposure and I have friends who kind of came from a little bit more of a liturgical background. I know uh, in most of my church experience, we lose some of those traditions. But because Christians have always recognized the importance of waiting and preparation, they were built into a Christian calendar. It was a way to make room for this important kind of life, to slow us down, to reorient us around God, and to give us time to reflect and to prepare and to rest. So Advent is one of those seasons of waiting. And so for so many Christians, when they come to Advent, they remember, yes, the promise that Christ has come and he's going to come again. But it's also a time to remember that we need to sometimes prepare, prepare our hearts, prepare our minds before we just jump into celebration. I mean, we wait for God to fulfill his promises again. In this liminal time, we want to ask God to just give us the capacity to comprehend the tremendous gift that he has given us in Jesus. And we also need to realize that waiting is a gift. So this Advent, let's prepare. Let's be ready to celebrate the miraculous blessing and salvation that has come and the glorious recreation that is coming again with our King Jesus. Hey, as always, thanks for joining me on The Daily Grind. I hope that you are getting prepared, not just for the chaos of presents and parties, but to celebrate God coming into our world to save and deliver us. Hey, if you like what we're doing on this podcast, do all that podcast stuff. Rate it, review it, share it with your friends. It so helps it spread. And I look forward to joining you tomorrow on another episode of The Daily Grind. Grace and peace to you in the name of Jesus.